Welcome to Positively 365, a podcast by Joe Wattis. We wish to entertain, instruct, and motivate. If nothing else, hopefully we can entertain and inspire you to live a more positive life 365 days a year. We hope you enjoy this message. An elderly couple walk into a fast food restaurant. They order one hamburger, one order of fries, and one drink. The old man unwraps the plain hamburger and carefully cuts it in half. He places one half in front of his wife. Then he carefully counts out the french fries, dividing them into two piles and neatly placing one pile in front of his wife. He takes a sip of the drink. His wife takes a sip and sets the cup down between them. As he begins to eat a few bites of the hamburger, the people around them keep looking over and whispering, that poor old couple, all they can afford is one meal between the two of them. As the man begins to eat his fries, a young man comes to the table. He politely offers to buy another meal for the old couple. The old man replies that they're just fine. They're just used to sharing everything. The surrounding people notice that the little old lady hadn't eaten a bite. She sits there, watching her husband eat, and occasionally taking turns, sipping the drink between them. Again, the young man comes over and begs them to let him buy another meal for them. This time, the old woman says, No, thank you. We are used to sharing everything. As the old man finishes and wipes his face neatly with the napkin, the young man again comes over to the old lady who had yet to eat a single bite of food and asks, May I ask, what is it you are waiting for? The old woman looks at him and answers, The teeth. Do you enjoy listening to this podcast? One of the ways we are able to continue is through listener support. Simply go to www dot anchor dot fm forward slash positively 365 from there you can access every episode of the podcast you can also leave me a message and if you feel so inclined you can click the support button for as little as 99 cents a month you can become a sponsor of this program you will earn my undying affection and have the satisfaction of knowing that you are doing something to spread more positivity in today's negative world. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support, financially and otherwise. No matter what challenges you face, Christmas offers powerful symbols of hope. This can be especially important at strange times like these when the world is struggling through a pandemic that has killed nearly two million people. Christmas reminds all of us that darkness and death do not have the last word. There is hope. In this week's episode of Positively 365, we will look at symbols of hope from the Christmas season.
But first, we have our trivia question of the day. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Established in 1872, what became the world's first national park? We will have the answer when we come back. Do you know the answer to this week's trivia question? The question is, established in 1872, what became the world's first national park? The answer, Yellowstone National Park. The park is known for its wildlife and its many geothermal features, especially Old Faithful Geyser, one of its most popular. While it represents many types of biomes, the subalpine forest is the most abundant. It's part of the South Central Rockies forest ecoregion. Now you know. The symbols and stories surrounding the birth of Jesus whisper into my ear, don't give up, keep going. Here are just a few of the ways Christmas teaches me lessons of hope and fills me with op optimism. Number one, follow the North Star. An epiphany refers to a sudden realization about the meaning of something. It usually feels inspired from an intuitive place that is charged with wisdom. For Christians, the epiphany is associated with the visit of the wise men to Jesus. They were guided by the star of Bethlehem that heralded the newborn king of the Jews. The epiphany teaches us to trust our North Star, the voice inside of us that is guided by the Spirit and will direct us to goodness and truth. The story of the Magi inspires hope. If we follow our epiphanies, we will, like them, arrive at the place we were meant to be. Number two, believe. If you watch the Macy's parade on Thanksgiving morning, you'll see the unmistakable backdrop with the word believe. Christmas is about believing in things that defy logic. The Son of God being born to a virgin in a stable filled with farm animals. This holy season prompts us to become childlike in our faith, to think with our hearts rather than our minds, to embrace the world beyond our own, trusting that God is with us every day. Christmas inspires faith in God and in His goodness, truth, and beauty that are very real but not always visible. Three, say yes. Perhaps the greatest story of courage ever told was Mary's three-word response to the angel Gabriel when he explained to her that she would bear the Son of God. She said, let it be. She went on, I am the handmaid of the Lord. With great humility, she opens herself to God's will and submits to his plan, even though she knows none of the details. By uttering her fiat, which is Latin for let it be, she initiates the Christmas story and the arrival of God into human history. Mary's response also generates hope for all believers that by saying yes to God, we participate in the Christian story and find meaning that sustains us. Number four. Talk to your angels. The angel Gabriel, 
may not appear to us as vividly as he did to Mary, but we are all surrounded by angels that we can call on for guidance and assistance whenever we need it. Like an inspired GPS system, they navigate the way, getting us from point A to point B if we choose to access their help. Christmas reminds us of the active presence of angels in our lives. They sit at the top of decorated trees as beacons of hope, sending the message that we are not alone. Number five, consider the evergreen. Evergreens decorate our homes and churches during Christmas, reminding us of the promise of everlasting life and our ability to weather hardship. The evergreen remains unchanged through the seasons, inspiring a message of hope to persevere through adversity. The Christmas tree is a symbol of Christ, the miracle of Christmas, and God's gift of life. The green boughs on a Christmas tree and a garland point us to the perennially freshness of life. And even when we feel as if our world is growing stale, there is always an element of newness and rebirth. Number six, persist in darkness. Light shines brightest in darkness. That's the heart of the Christmas story, an overriding message of hope that is articulated beautifully in the lyrics, O holy night, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. God didn't come into our world at high noon. He entered our lives in darkness, showing us the way to light, guiding us towards love and demonstrating how to overcome shadows and darkness. We celebrate Christmas during a time when the Northern Hemisphere marks the winter solstice. This is the longest night of the year. Christmas teaches us that even when things seem dark, when the world is darkest, we can trust the everlasting light. This is a real Christmas miracle story. It happened in December 1997 in Wisconsin. A little boy and his grandmother came to see Santa at the Mayfair Mall in Wisconsin. The child climbed up on Santa's lap, holding a picture of a little girl. Who is this? asked Santa, smiling. Your friend? Your sister? Yes, Santa, he replied. My sister Sarah, who is very sick, he said sadly. Santa glanced over at the grandmother who was waiting nearby and saw her dabbing her eyes with a tissue. She wanted to come with me to see you, oh, so very much, Santa, the child exclaimed. She misses you, he added softly. Santa tried to be cheerful and encouraged a smile to the boy's face, asking him what he wanted Santa to bring him for Christmas. When they finished their visit, the grandmother came over to help the child off his lap and started to say something to Santa, but halted. What is it? Santa asked warmly. Well, I know it's really too much to ask you, Santa, but, the old woman began, shooing her grandson over to one of Santa's elves to collect the little gift which Santa gave all his young visitors. The girl in the photograph, 
my granddaughter. Well, you see, she has leukemia and she isn't expected to make it even through the holidays, she said through tear-filled eyes. Is there any way, Santa, any possible way that you could come see Sarah? That's all she's asked for for Christmas, is to see Santa. Santa blinked and swallowed hard as he told the woman to leave the information with his elves as to where Sarah was, and he would see what he could do. Santa thought of little else the rest of that afternoon. He knew what he had to do. What if it were my child lying in the hospital bed dying? He thought with a singing heart. This is the least I can do. When Santa finished with all the boys and girls that evening, he retrieved from his helper the name of the hospital where Sarah was staying. He asked Rick, the assistant location manager, how to get to Children's Hospital. Why, Rick asked with a puzzled look on his face. Santa relayed to him the conversation with Sarah's grandmother earlier that day. Santa, come on, I'll take you there, Santa, Rick said softly. Rick drove them to the hospital and came inside with Santa. They found out which room Sarah was in. A pale Rick said that he would wait out in the hall. Santa quietly peeked into the room through half-closed doors and saw Sarah laying on the bed. The room was full of what appeared to be her family. There was the grandmother and the girl's brother, whom he had met earlier that day, a woman whom he guessed was Sarah's mother stood by the bed, gently pushing Sarah's thin hair off her forehead. Another woman, who he discovered later was Sarah's aunt, sat in a chair near the bed with a weary, sad look on her face. They were talking quietly, and Santa could sense the warmth and closeness of the family and their love and concern for Sarah. Taking a deep breath and forcing a smile on his face, Santa entered the room, bellowing a hearty, Ho, ho, ho! Santa! shrieked little Sarah weakly as she tried to escape her bed and run to him. Santa rushed to her side and gave her a warm hug. A child, the tender age of his own son, nine years old, gazed up at him with wonder and excitement. Her skin was pale, and her short tresses bore telltale bald batches, patches from the effects of chemotherapy. But all he saw when he looked at her pale face was a pair of huge blue eyes. His heart melted, and he had to force himself to choke back tears. Though his eyes were riveted upon Sarah's face, he could hear the gas and quiet sobbing of the women in the room. As he and Sarah began talking, the family crept quietly to the bedside, one by one, squeezing Santa's shoulder or his hand gratefully, whispering thank you, as they gazed sincerely at him with shining eyes. Santa and Sarah talked and talked and she told him excitedly of all the toys she wanted for Christmas, assuring him that she'd been a very good girl that year. As their time together dwindled, Santa felt led by the Spirit to pray for Sarah and ask permission from the girl's mother. She nodded in agreement, and the entire family circled Sarah's bed, holding hands. Sarah looked intensely at Santa, 
and he asked her if she believed in angels. Oh, yes, Santa, I do, she exclaimed. Well, I'm going to ask that angels watch over you, he said. Laying one hand on the child's head, Santa closed his eyes and prayed. He asked that God touch little Sarah and heal her body from this disease. He asked that angels minister to her, watch and keep her over her. And when he finished praying, still with his eyes closed, he started singing softly, Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. The family joined in, still holding hands, smiling at Sarah and crying tears of hope, tears of joy for this moment, as Sarah beamed at them all. And when the song ended, Santa sat on the side of the bed again and held Sarah's frail, small hands in his own. Now, Sarah, he said authoritatively, you have a job to do, and that is to concentrate on getting well. I want you to have fun playing with your friends this summer, and I expect to see you at my house at Mayfair Mall this time next year. He knew it was a risky proclamation to this little girl who had terminal cancer, but he had to. He had to give her the greatest gift he could, not dolls or games or toys, but the gift of hope. Yes, Santa, Sarah exclaimed, her eyes bright. He leaned down and kissed her on the forehead and left the room. Out on the hall, the minute Santa's eyes met Rick's, a look passed between them, and they wept, unashamed. Sarah's mother and grandmother slipped out of the room quickly and rushed to Santa's side to thank him. My only child is the same age as Sarah, he explained quietly. This was the least I could do. They nodded with understanding and hugged him. One year later, Santa Mark was again on the set in Milwaukee for his six-week seasonal job, which he so loves to do. Several weeks went by. And then one day, a child came up and sat on his lap. Hi, Santa, remember me? Of course I do, Santa exclaimed, as he always does, smiling down at her. After all, the secret to being a good Santa is to always make each child feel as if they are the only child in the world at that moment. You came to see me in the hospital last year. Santa's jaw dropped. Tears immediately sprang to his eyes, and he grabbed the little miracle and held her to his chest. Sarah, he exclaimed. He scarcely recognized her, for her hair was long and silky, and her cheeks were rosy, much different from the little girl he had visited just a year before. He looked over and saw Sarah's mother and grandmother on the sidelines, smiling and waving and wiping their eyes. This was the best Christmas ever for Santa Claus. He had witnessed and been blessed to be an instrumental part of bringing this about, the miracle of hope. The precious little child was healed, cancer-free, alive and well. He silently looked up to heaven and humbly whispered, Thank you, Father. Tis a very Merry Christmas. My hope for you and yours is that you have the joy and hope of the Christmas season, not only now, 
but throughout the year. Thank you for joining us today. Please consider taking a moment to like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also connect with us and join the conversation on Facebook. Just search for Positively 365. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, stay positive today and every day, 365 days a year. The preceding has been a Canine Wattis production. Sandy, Rita, Levi, do you approve?